morning, City Life Church. All right, there's that energy. Uh, my name is Eric Stevens. I serve here as an elder. I want to welcome you all. It is 2022. Give yourselves a round of applause. You made it. 2021 is over. 2022 is here. So excited. And I don't know about you, but with every turn of the calendar year, I get excited, like Pastor G was talking about, because there is an anticipation and an excitement about what God would do this year, right? Obviously, a lot of us experienced things in 2021, but with the turn of the calendar year, it's saying, God, you know what? I know last year was last year, but I have hope and anticipation of the great things that you would do this year. Amen? All right, so need you all to bring your energy this morning, brand new year, brand new kickoff to a start of the year. Here we go. We're going to look in Luke chapter 5 as we welcome this winter weather here in Houston. I don't know about you, but my, my emotions and, and, and everything picks up during winter season, yes, even in Houston, Texas. And so when you watch the weather, it's like winter blast coming in, 39 degrees. I'm like, finally, finally. While some of you are like, oh my goodness, where is the coat? Where is the coat? And it's funny because my wife and I will be taking walks outside. And in the summertime, where it's really hot, she's kind of like, ah, it's beautiful out here, you know, taking her time. And I'm like, let's get out of the heat. But during times like this, I'm the one who's like, hey, let's tarry a bit. Because we know you get biblical when you use the word tarry, right? It's like, let's just tarry a bit and enjoy this wonderful weather. And she's like, let's get in the house and turn on the heat. So anyways, Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. I'm going to read this all the way through, and then we'll go back and exegesis the passages. All right, on one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret. And he saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Verse 3, getting into one of the boats, which, is, which was Simon, he asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing. But at your word, I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish, and their nets were breaking. Verse 7, they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. Verse 8, but when Simon Peter saw this, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Go away from me. Lord, I am a sinful man. For amazement had seized him and all of his companions because of the catch of fish which they had taken. And likewise, also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not fear. From now on, you will be catching people. Another translation says, You will be fishers of men. Verse 11 When they had brought their boats to the land, they left everything and followed him. Let's pray. Father, this morning, <clears throat> as we start this brand new year with such great anticipation, I pray that we would focus on the main thing. I pray that we would not be distracted by things that happen around us, Lord, but that you would be our ultimate purpose going into this new year. For your name's sake, we pray. Amen. All right, Luke chapter 5. So before we begin, let me kind of give you some context and background 
behind what's happening. If you look in Luke chapter 4, Jesus has begun his ministry. He is going around in the synagogues and he's preaching the word. He actually opens the book of Isaiah and he reads, Today in your hearing the scriptures have been fulfilled. And that statement alone is sending a little bit of chaos in the religious crowd. They're like, what does he mean our scriptures are fulfilled? He's saying that he is fulfilling the scriptures that Isaiah had prophesied about. That the good news that everybody in the region and the land had anticipated is here in bodily form. And so the religious people of the time are like, wait a second, this is now challenging our norm, and we're not sure that we're ready for this. And so he's kicked and chased out of the synagogues, and he goes in different cities and different areas preaching and proclaiming the word of God. And multiple people are being healed. There are miracles happening left and right. And with those miracles, there are people who are now pressing in and wanting to hear more of this good news that God is proclaiming. So wherever he's going, there's a mob of people following him left and right. He's looking for a secluded place and he can't find any. And he just continues to travel preaching and proclaiming the good news. Why? Because there are people thirsty and eagerly waiting for this good news to break out of the things that they've walked in in their past because they're looking forward to a new day. Amen? And here we are in Luke 5, verse 1, and here's where the verse picks up. On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret. Again, He's been going everywhere. People are following him. So here's the scene. He finds himself on the shore of Lake Gennesaret, and people are pressing in, and there's really nowhere for him to sit and stand and preach to the people because there's so many. And in verse 2, he saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. And that's a very peculiar scene because you would think with everything that is happening around that place, with all the noise that's being stirred up because God is here in bodily form and all eyes and attention are on him, here you have a group of people, as the scriptures would say, are fishermen who are not engaged in the activities that are happening. For whatever reason, they're focused on something else and that work that focus appears to be their work. They're washing their nets. Imagine this. There's noise and people screaming and shouting and giving joy and saying, what kind of man is this? He's not preaching like anybody else because when he preaches, there's authority coming out of his life. Whatever he's preaching actually comes to pass. When he lays his hands on people to be healed, they're actually being healed. But yet on the side... There are people simply washing their nets. What exactly is happening here? Revival is happening and breaking out. And the crowd is pressing in to hear the word of God. And the disciples of the soon-to-be disciples are distracted and thinking about work. They're washing their nets. The question for us this morning is, will Jesus be your focus in 2022? It's the equivalent of being here listening to a sermon and hearing the great news that God is proclaiming, and yet you're on your phone looking at your work email and saying something a lot more important is vying for my attention. Will Jesus be our main focus in 2022? Because distractions are going to come. 
We know that. But we've got to keep our eyes focused on him because he is the only good news that can bring us out of our circumstances. And as you see in the passage, these people have experienced something, which is why they're washing their nets. They're looking at their nets and they're washing them and they're thinking, what are we doing wrong? Is it something with these nets? Is it something that we're doing wrong in terms of how we work, which is why we're not being successful? We have to look to Jesus this year with great anticipation. You know, I, I correlate this in the same way my kids uh, uh, treat me when I get home. I, I've got four kids, if you did not know, ages 13, 10, 5, and 3. Yes, I do know how kids get here. But when I come home, it never fails. My 5 and 3-year-old, all you hear is footsteps. Here they're coming. And when I walk through the door, I'm looking around like, okay, where are they coming from this time? And my five and three-year-old are running, no matter where they are, no matter what they're doing. Daddy's home. Daddy's home. And there's great anticipation. And no matter what kind of work day I had, my mood picks up and I'm like, come to daddy, come to daddy. And they're coming and they're just tackling me, hugging me, and embracing me. And they're looking at my face and they're saying, daddy, we're so glad you're home. And I'm like, I appreciate that. But as I mentioned, I have four kids. My 13 and 10-year-old, on the other hand, are sitting on the couch. I walk through the door, they kind of glance over like, sup, I see you made it back. I know how you look like, so I don't even have to look that way long. I'm going back to the iPad that I was playing before you distracted me. My 13 and 10 year old, so mature, they look over and glance and like, ah, I've seen you before. But my three and five year old, it doesn't matter how many times I walk, I could go in the garage and come back from the garage. Daddy's back inside the house. This is exciting. And we've got to have that same passion when we look towards God. My daddy is home. So looking forward to focusing on our God in 2022. Verse 3, getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land. He sat down and taught the people from the boat. You know, I love this. I love the fact that Jesus doesn't have to ask for permission to do anything. He sees this boat and he goes, I'm just going to get in the boat. And he tells Simon, I'm getting in. Push offshore so I can speak to the people. And it's like, oh, okay, I guess. He's not asking for permission. Although they're washing their nets and not really focusing and paying attention to them, God's grace God's supernatural grace is like, that's fine. I'll come closer to you. I'll come in your house. I'll come in your business. I'll come closer to you so you can hear exactly what's going on. And I love this passage because we don't exactly know what Jesus was preaching in the passage, but here's what happens, right? It says, and he sat down and taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. I think that whatever he was preaching in the message had a direct correlation with what he told Simon to do next. Their faith was low. Their faith was down. And so after preaching faith to the people, after preaching out of this boat for people's faith to rise up, he then looks at Simon and says, Simon, after saying all that, I know you've got to have great anticipation for what I'm about to do. 
Put your net out. And Simon's like, I'm sorry, Lord, I, I wasn't really listening to what you're saying. Again, I'm, I'm focused on why can't we catch fish? I, I don't understand. Is it the nets? Is it the type of nets that we use? I don't get it. And in verse 5, Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing. There is where his mind is. There is where his heart is. Master, we've been doing this for a while. We toiled all night and we haven't exactly caught anything. But at your word, I will lay down the nets. Simon Peter is politely trying to point out to Jesus that Jesus is overstepping his expertise in a sense. You know, rebellion can be done very politely. He even says, Master, Master, Lord, Lord, King, Savior, God. Hey, I appreciate what you're saying and what you're asking me to do, but you've kind of passed the extent of your experience and your knowledge. And that's what he's telling him. And he's saying that because what Simon is saying is it's the wrong time of day to catch fish. Again, the pastor said they were out all night. Fishing was done at night. And so he's saying, Jesus, as, as much as I love you, and that was a great, great message, by the way, it's the wrong time of day to catch fish. Secondly, it's the wrong place to catch fish. And lastly, we're actually at the wrong depth. We're close to the shore. The people can hear your voice. We've got to go out even further. I know you said cast out a little bit, but we're not even far enough in order to catch fish with the nets that you're asking us to throw overboard. He's saying that, Jesus, you've passed the limit of your expertise. And my question this morning is, will you allow Jesus, will you allow him to be Lord of all in 2022? You know, when we say Jesus is Lord, we mean he's Lord over everything. Not just Lord over some things in our lives, but he's Lord over everything. It means he's Lord of my job, my relationships, and my children. He's Lord of my spouse. He's Lord over how I respond to a waitress when my order isn't quite right. He's Lord over my political views and how I express them. He's not just Lord over overtly spiritual things, and now I'm somewhat left to having to navigate life in other areas on my own. Listen, whatever profession you are in, whatever your background is in, when we say Jesus is Lord, it means he is Lord of everything and every single area in your life. And the question is, this year, will you allow him to be Lord over every area in your life? If there is areas in relationships where you're, you're, you're not quite committed relationally, will you allow God to be Lord in that area of your life? Whether it's your job, your marriage, anything. Verse 6. And when, had, when they had done this, this being... They now take the very nets that is in their hand and cast them to do what Jesus said, cast your net out to catch the fish. So when they had done this, they enclosed 
a large number of fish and their nets were breaking. I find that fascinating, right? When the passage starts off, this was their focus. Jesus is not their focus when the passage is starting. Why? Because they're looking at their nets and they're saying, there's something wrong here. If we could just get this right, if we could fix these nets, we would be able to catch more fish. The issue is with the equipment that we're using. The issue is with the resources God's given me. The issue is this, not my heart. And the very thing that they're focused on, the very thing that they're focused on fixing and that's going to rescue them out of their circumstances is the very thing that begins to break. The fabric of the very nets that they're washing and fixing and tending to begin to break as they bring in fish. It's interesting that the very thing they were focused on addressing wasn't the issue. The very thing that they were thinking would likely be a solution to their problem wasn't it at all. Their issue was a problem of faith. They lacked faith. They had trusted God to heal the sick, even heal family members, but didn't trust him to be able to sustain their jobs and help them be productive. It's interesting, interesting you read in verse four, I mean chapter four, at the very end, Jesus had actually been in Simon Peter's house, healed his family. And yet, just a chapter later, Jesus is asking Simon, Simon, I'm not only Lord over every sickness and disease and can deliver anybody who has that, but I'm also Lord over your work. I'm Lord over everything. The question for us this morning is, will you, <clears throat> will you embrace community in 22 and 22? Why? Because you look in verse 7, they actually got it right. It says, they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. Understand this, the very thing that they had focused on, the nets began to break and they couldn't withstand any fish. They couldn't hold any fish. And so what did they do? They, they did the right thing. They said, we need help. We need help. James, John, come help us. And James and John brings their boat and they take on so much fish. Yes, at the wrong time of day, at the wrong place, and at the wrong depth, they're taking on so much fish that their boats now begin to sink. Will we embrace community in 2022? When things don't turn out the way we anticipate they will, what will we do? Will we seclude in the corner to ourselves and just kind of go, why is this happening to me? And trying to overly analyze the net or the situation we're in. Or will we say, God, I need help. And that help is found in people, in community. Will you embrace community in 2022? Verse 8. But when Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees saying, when he's saying he saw this, seeing the miracle that Jesus had done, he says, go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. Simon is starting to get it. Simon is starting to get it in that his focus has been in the wrong place from the very beginning. 
For amazement, verse 9, had seized him and all of his companions because of the catch of the fish which they had taken. And likewise also James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not fear, for now on you will be catching people. Again, from now on, you're going to be fishers of men. When they had brought their boats to the land, they left everything and followed him. Isn't that interesting? They're so focused, it's like it's the fish thing, it's the net thing, and if we just get this right, everything else will work out. And God reshifts their focus and says, listen, your focus and your starting point has been in the wrong place from the very beginning. If you had looked around and seen the harvest that I am bringing and focused on that, you will find that I will meet every other area of your life. But your starting point was wrong. And Simon gets it, so much so that when they now get to the shore with boats full of fish, they simply walk away from them because they understand that's not important anymore. The question for us this morning is, will you be on mission with him in 2022? Jesus takes the disciples' eyes off themselves and refocuses them on his mission on everything he'd been doing, and that should be our focus as well. You know, it is so easy for us to look at things that happened to us in 2021 and even have the turn of the calendar year happen, but yet emotionally we're still stuck back in that place. So the hope of a new year and the hope of what God can do in this year doesn't really sound like great news for you because you're still back washing your net and trying to figure out why you didn't catch any fish last night or why things haven't gone right as much as you anticipated or why these issues keep occurring over and over again. And I believe God's invitation is your focus started off in the wrong place. It should be on Him. And it should be on his mission because if that's where your focus is, everything else will work itself out. And why do I say that? What's amazing about this story is that it repeats itself in John chapter 21. You don't have to turn there, but if you read that passage, John chapter 21 verses 1 through 11 as well. You will see that they've been out on the boats all night and they still didn't catch anything in that particular passage. But John 21 happens three years later. It's happening three years after now they've been discipled by Jesus, they've been walking with him daily, they've been focused on his mission field. And it's amazing as you read that passage, it starts out with somebody standing on the shore and yelling at him, did you catch anything? And they're coming back. They're not even at the appropriate depth, and they're coming back fishing. He says, we caught nothing. And this man from the shore looks at him and says, well, cast your net out on the other side. And remember what their response was in Luke chapter 5. Master, we've been here all night, and we caught nothing. They don't even say that in John 21. They simply grab their net and cast it out, regardless of what depth they're in. Because over time, they have learned that 
God's way is a lot better than my way. The way God does things supersedes my own understanding and expertise of how I understand the situation. It's, it's amazing. That passage says they're about 150 yards offshore. They shouldn't be fishing at that depth. But yet, they just cast out their net. And what happens? They start to catch a large amount of fish. And it's amazing. That passage says that, number one, their net didn't break and their boats didn't sink and they get it immediately they're they're like it's the Lord at first they didn't know and they casually it's like it's the Lord because they've learned to look beyond themselves they're like it's the Lord on shore Simon jumps out swims to the shore and the boats make it back and they have a party in three years they've learned to take all the attention off themselves and focus on God's mission and as a result have learned and have humbled themselves to the point where it didn't matter who was on shore telling them to do this because God now is going to sustain them regardless if they caught anything or not. You know, the message for us this morning is will we as a church, number one, focus on Jesus this year like never before? Will we allow Jesus to be Lord over every single area of our life and not retain some areas and say, God, really in this area of relationships, I kind of know what I'm doing, so I don't need your help there. Will we embrace community? Because I'm telling you, when things don't go right, if you retreat just to yourself and your ways of thinking, you're going to end up in the wrong place. Will we embrace community? And lastly, Will we embrace and focus more on God's mission, more than our own personal mission? You know, as I was thinking about this, uh, just a personal story and application, uh, we live in Pearland, and when we had moved in the uh, subdivision that we're in, we met a couple people who, after talking to them, we're like, oh, we've got a lot in common with these people. And we started asking some questions and come to find out these people actually lived, it's kind of embarrassing saying the story, but they lived across the street from the previous house we left. And we had never really talked to our neighbors across the street much. They weren't there. Our, our schedules were always conflicting. They had stuff to do. We had stuff to do. But we're like, wait, 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 wait. where did you live? And they're like, oh, we used to live on this street, Catamaran. And they're like, we lived on Catamaran. What's your house number? And I'm like, that's literally across the street from where we live. And then I was like, what are you doing here? It's like, oh, we live across the street. Where across the street? Across the street from you. I'm like, what? And it started to dawn on me, well, maybe God is trying to have me be on mission to speak to our neighbor who lived across the street at the previous house and now lives across the street at the current house. But if that wasn't enough of an invitation to do so, as sometimes we rationalize, well, maybe God isn't saying that. The mailman started delivering the mail at the wrong house, meaning that my neighbor's mail started showing up in my mailbox, so I would physically have to now take the mail <clears throat> and deliver it to my neighbor to have a conversation with him. 
God was making it apparently clear. You need to get your eyes off yourself because I am doing something in these people that number one, you need to be praying for and you need to be reaching out to them for. Let's make sure that our focus is in the right place this year. Let's pray. Father, this morning as we say that we will have you Number one, be our main focus. We will have you be Lord over every area of our lives. God, we will embrace community. And God, we will be on your mission. God, as we proclaim that in our heart this morning, I pray, number one, that the harvest would increase. That, Lord, we will be about your kingdom and the work that you're doing. Not only in this place, but also in the place of our heart. Father, help us fulfill your mission more than anything that we do in this year. For the sake of your name, we pray. Amen.